We're going to turn and look at some verses of Scripture here in John chapter 15, and I'll give you a second to find that. Hey, I want to welcome you this morning to uh, our, our friends giving, and uh, God bless you. Hey, I, 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 uh, I, I consider every one of you my friend. I know we might have some visitors here, and you go, who in the, who in the world is this creep says he's my friend? But I appreciate it. i got a lot of friends that are here today, and to just appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, just so delighted that you chose to be with us on this particular uh, Sunday. And I've got, I've got some things that I want to share with you today uh, about, about friendship. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 12. The, the, Jesus was talking to the disciples. Actually, this was at the Last Supper. And he told them this in, in John chapter 15, verse 12. He said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father told me. Let's take a moment and just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to come to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And dear God, we just rely upon you today, God, to just the Holy Spirit would just bless us and touch us and help us, God, to rightly divide your word. And I pray, God, for every individual that's in this place today, may, may we re realize and recognize the importance, first of all, of friendship with you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then also, dear Lord, that we would recognize the importance of friendship and fellowship with one another because there's a longing in the heart and soul of every individual for that. And I pray, God, that you'll bless us today, God, and bless us as we bring for this message of life and hope. In Christ's name, amen. You know, I am, I am blessed uh, to have close friends. I'm, I'm thinking about this verse of Scripture when Jesus told the disciples, he said, you are my friends. How many people are there today that's looking for one friend in all of their life? They're, they're, they're searching for someone that they can make a connection with. They're searching for someone uh, that they can have a bond with, someone that they can trust, someone that they can talk to. And uh, whenever I think back on my own life, my very first friend was my mom, you know, just a, just a little guy. My, my, I know she was my mom, okay? And so you say, well, uh, friendship, did that mean that she uh, didn't discipline, discipline you? No, she disciplined me, you know, uh, with, with uh, uh, gave me a, 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 a good share of that. Let me, let me say that. But she was my friend. And as long as my mom was around, everything was going to be all right. I, 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 as long as she was in my sight, I knew that everything was going to be all right. Whenever I was about a year and a half old, at the time it seemed like I was much older, you know. <laughs> about a year and a half old, I remember uh, that my aunt brought, uh, had, had a baby and she brought her son home from the hospital and uh, we were a year and a half apart, and him and I became the very best of friends. They attended our church. 
they lived not very far from us, and we became the best of friends. And to this day, the feeling is still the same with my cousin. After I got married, a few years after I got married and became an adult and became a father, uh, my dad and I became very close friends. I would look forward to the times that we would talk on the telephone. And if something would happen during a particular day with either me or my father, we would always call each other in the evening. We would talk about uh, what had happened, what had transpired. And I look forward to those phone calls. And we would usually talk to each other three or four times a week. And still to this day, when something amazing happens in my life, I think to myself, when I get home, I'm going to call Dad. And then I remember that Dad has passed away, and I can't, can't call him anymore. Uh, after Debbie and I got married, Debbie became my best friend. And I'm glad to have my mother-in-law with me and some of my sister-in-laws that are here today. And, and we just love these guys. And, and this family here, when I was 14 years old, met this family and uh, we were all kids together, and we went to camp together, and we were friends, and, and we had an amazing time of friendship together. But after Debbie and I got married, Debbie became my best friend. She was the, she was the individual on planet Earth that I wanted to be with uh, more than anyone else. I enjoyed traveling with her. It didn't matter where the destination was as long as we were together. Now, last Sunday night, something happened. Uh, I had to go to general board meeting in Texas, and we go there a couple times a year. And so last Sunday night, Becca's getting ready to have a baby, but uh, Becca was getting ready. We didn't know when, you know, but Debbie said, there's no way I'm going to Texas, and I'm going to miss the birth of my grandchild. And so uh, so anyway, I went ahead, and, and I knew I had to be there on Monday night, and so Knowing that the weather was going to get bad on Monday, I left for Texas on uh, Sunday afternoon about 5 o'clock, okay? My intention was to drive to Oklahoma City, and I was going to spend the, spend the night. And so here I am. I'm, I don't want to really go without my best friend and my co-pilot because she's going to keep me on the right road, on the right path. And the best thing about it is she can hand me stuff, okay? That's one of the best things about having a co-pilot is they can hand you stuff that you want, all right? Now, when, when she's driving, it irritates me to hand her stuff. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul. That's what a pastor of mine used to say, okay? So I leave for Texas, okay? And so my co-pilot is now Siri, all right? You say, who in the world is Siri? Well, if you got an iPhone, you know who Siri is. That's, that's my co-pilot. And I've learned this about Siri. If you'll call her by name, you'll get more information out of her. I talk into my phone all the time, and if I just talk into my phone, I don't get all that great information. But if I actually ask her and say, hey, Siri, how about this or that? I get better information, okay? Now, I don't talk to her very often, all right? Uh, and I, I got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit disappointed in Siri. Maybe I said something that made her mad. Maybe we've got a kink. I think we've got a kink in our relationship after what happened last uh, Sunday night. I get to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I fill up with gas, 
and in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I don't have a hotel room, and so I'm just going to price line a room, just get a cheap room to stay in. And so in Tulsa, I, I get on my phone, I get on Priceline, I find a room, and, and I get back on the highway, I get the directions on my phone, and I talk to Siri a little bit, and, and then I look at the map that she's sending me, and it's like, that's not where I need to go. So I'm making a couple other clicks on there. Okay, that's the right way to go, because I've been there a lot of times before. And so, okay, I'm sailing down the highway. I called Debbie. I said, hey, I ought to be in the hotel by 1130. Everything's going great. It's going wonderful. And so we just keep on getting, getting a little closer to Oklahoma City, a little closer to Oklahoma City. Finally, I'm in the Oklahoma City area. And uh, whenever I'm there, uh, uh, I really know, in my mind, I know where I'm going. I'm going to stay in Norman, Oklahoma. I've been there a lot of times. It's where the University of Oklahoma is. And so uh, in my mind, I've got pictured exactly where I need to turn. But when I get into Oklahoma City, Siri tells me to turn onto Interstate 40. I know in my mind that is not the right way, okay? But Siri says to go there. And so it's like, okay, whatever, I'll go. And so I turn off, I go there, and off in the distance, Genevieve, in the distance, I can see a hotel that's got my, the name on it, Hilton Garden Inn, and it's got that name on it. It's like, okay, that must be it. But then I get a little bit irritated because I think, I'm going to have to pay to park in that parking garage. And I don't like that, okay? But anyway, Siri keeps me going straight, and we pass that place up. We go on and on. And finally, by now it's almost midnight, I'm in downtown Oklahoma City. Okay, at midnight. And Siri says, arrived. Arrived. I know I'm not anywhere. There's no hotel there. There's just a bunch of buildings. There's no cars. There's no traffic. And so I start talking to Siri again. I want to go to Hilton Garden Inn, Norman, Oklahoma. And Siri says, okay, turn right. Now turn left. Turn right. And here's what really got me, okay? I'm not on a highway, okay? I'm in like a commercial warehouse area, okay? And Siri tells me this, drive straight for 16 miles. It's like I'm looking around thinking, Siri, I'm going to get carjacked. Should have made Debbie come with me. So, against my better judgment, I take off in this commercial, industrial, warehouse-type area. It's one stoplight after another, and I'm driving along, and I'm thinking about getting carjacked. And finally, after about five miles, I don't care what my mom thinks. I don't care what, what, what the federal government recommends. I start texting and driving. I start texting stuff into my phone. I start text, texting into my map app, okay? I, I, I'm breaking ties with Siri, Okay? Not a very dependable friend. And so finally, I turn, I go three miles here. I'm finally, I'm on the interstate, and then 20 minutes later, I'm at the hotel. Okay. So I finally made it, all right? I finally made it. I finally got there. At least I got a funny story to start this sermon off with about how important it is to have a friend, how important it is to have an actual person. I, I like that video because we've got more, you know, we get on Facebook nowadays and we, 
we, we look on our Facebook page and we see how many people like the stuff that we posted, all right? And some of that's an indica- indicator of how well we're received by other people, all right? But there's nothing, technology will never replace the human relationship that we have with other people. The human connection that we have with other people. The human bonds we, that we have with other individuals. Because there's a desire on the inside of every one of us not just to have a bunch of likes, not just to have a bunch of followers, not just to have a bunch of indirect relationships with, 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 with people over the internet that we never even hardly see, but God has designed us and it created us with a desire for friendship. And Jesus told the disciples at the Last Supper, he said, you are my friends. If you're here today and you need a friend, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus Christ because you'll find this, that he will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus said this. He told the disciples, he said, I love you. He said, you are my friend, and I want you to learn to to love one another as I have loved you. Now, that is a tall order, to love other people as Jesus Christ loves us. And I got to tell you, we're not very good at it, all right? You know why? Because we get mad at people, and we get irritated with people, and we just write people off at the least circumstance, at the least matter, at at the least little conflict, or the least little argument, or someone posts something that doesn't agree with our political opinion and go, bless God, I'm, I'm defriending them. All right? Jesus said this. He said, you are my friends. I love you. And the indicator and the barometer of love and friendship is love one another as I have loved you because everyone needs a friend. And there is a natural inclination in every person to form a bond or a connection with other people that we can trust and we can identify with. You see, we want to share meaningful information with our friends. We want to be able to share our, our, our triumphs and our tragedies with our friends. We want to be able to share our highs and our lows with our friends. We, we want to share our success and our failures with our friends, whether it's a, whether it's a difficulty whether it's a loss of a loved one or a great breakthrough, we want a friend that we can share with. There's a desire, there's a need on the inside of every one of us. I told you a few moments ago that I had a cousin that's my best friend. Whenever I was 16 years old, I was 16, my, my cousin was 15, my best friend. His mom, only 34 years old, died of heart failure at 34 years old. All right? Debbie and I went to her grave not long ago, and I'd heard that she was only 34 when she died. And I thought, she couldn't have been that young, but we went to her grave a couple years ago, and sure enough, she was only 34 years old. Okay? I'm at the point in my life, if you're 34, you're, you're just barely out of your teenage years. Okay? All right. 34 years old. She passed away. 
at 34 years old. I remember the day of her funeral. I remember our family and friends coming to their home. I remember attending the funeral. And then after the funeral, all of our friends and family went to their house and we had dinner together. And we talked together. And we encouraged one another, okay? And then after, at the end of the day, the day is starting to wind down, okay? And at the end of the day, everyone starts to go home. And finally, I was going to be staying with my friend for a couple of days, my, my cousin for a couple of days. And I remember when everybody left the house except for me and my cousin, my friend, and my uncle. It's just the three of us, okay? And I remember that day, all alone. And that's when the tragedy really sets in. And I can remember going into my cousin's room, and we sat down, I think I sat on the floor, he sat on the bed, and we cried together. And we realized, and I told my cousin, I said, I'm only 16 years old. He's 15 years old. He's just lost his mom. I said, listen, I will always be here for you. Jesus Christ. Now listen, as, as a human being, I, I, I couldn't always be there for him. I, I, there's no way I could take the place of his mother. I'm just his cousin, all right? But Jesus Christ has come to share with us in our triumphs and in our tragedies. Jesus Christ has come to share in our struggles and in our failures today. He's come to meet us in all of life's situations. Jesus told the disciples about his supernatural love. He said, there is no greater love than for a person to lay down his life for his friends because Jesus knew this, that the next day, He was going to die on the cross and give the ultimate sacrifice for them. He loved them today. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you do not know Christ, to, to look to Christ and to let him touch you and let him minister in your life and share in your, your triumphs and share in your tragedies and share in your struggles and share in your victories today because he wants to be there for you and I. This morning, I'll tell you this, that friendship is in your DNA. You say, well, I'm just not a very friendly person. I'm not a very talkative person. I'm kind of an introvert. I don't like to talk to people. But there is a desire for friendship and connection in every one of, you, one of us because God created you. When he created you, he put friendship in your DNA. You see, God created Adam. And then God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden. And the scripture talks about it, how God would come down and fellowship with Adam. And God looked at Adam and he said this in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You say, why? Because God created man in his DNA for companionship. God put relationship in the heart of of, of every single man, in the heart of every single person. There is a desire to connect with other people. There's a need for community in every one of us. There's a need for fellowship in every single one of you, and that has been placed in your heart, in your life, in your mind, by God the Father himself. 
But I noticed today that people are further and further from friendship. In, in fact, surveys show this, that many people, a great percentage of our population in America admits they don't have one close friend. I want you to think about it. Not one close friend that they can share their heart with and they can share their soul with and they can share their triumphs and they can share their tragedy with. Uh, we see a rise in mass shootings in, in, in America. It, it's, a sad, it's, it's a sad indicator of where our society is. A common denominator in the lives of mass shooters, most of these are, are young men, uh, young single white men, if you will, and uh, they come from dysfunctional families. There is no father in the home. Most of them are, live in isolation. Most of them are loners. Most of them do not have friends. And it is a common trait, trait today because we are getting further and further from French. It's not helping our society, but rather it is hindering and even destroying our society because you and I were created with a desire for friendship and to connect with other people. God said this, it is not good for man to be alone, but God wants us to reach out and to connect with other people. There was an article in the American Sociological Review, and it said this, people have fewer friends than ever before. Many people don't have a single friend that they can confide in, as I've already told you. We live in an age... I want you to think about this. We live in an age of disposable friendships. We get upset at someone, we get irritated with someone, and we just write them off. We get mad at someone, and we write them off. We've got people that transition from one church to the next church to the next church and the next church and the next church and the next church. You know what the result is? Disposable relationships, disposable friendships. About the time that someone gets close to us, we run the other way. That's, that's, a, that's a ploy of the devil. God has created us with a desire to connect with other people, to have friendship with other people, that God did not create us with, with an inclination toward disposable friendships, but rather for lifelong, lifetime friendships. I want to tell you today, okay, my friend Lucille is right here. Lucille, we're friends till the day I leave planet Earth. We're friends. We've been friends for a long time. We're friends, all right? If you're my friend, Dennis Lowe, you've been my friend for a long time. We're, we're friends. We're friends from here on. On this side of heaven, on the other side of heaven, you, you can come to my mansion. We get over there and we'll hang out. I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys would be there or not. but They might be. Okay, we'll hang out. We'll do something fun, okay? We're friends. There's no disposable friendships in my book. There's no place for it in my book today. But rather, there's lifetime, lifelong friendships where we connect with other people because friends and families make our lives complete. But let me, let me tell you today that strong friendships take time to build. There was a pastor by the name of Adrian Rogers. Anyone here ever heard of Adrian Rogers? He's a great pastor and teacher and preacher. Adrian, Adrian Rogers said this. 
He said, friendships, strong friendships are like oak trees. They're not like toadstools. You know the difference between a toadstool and an oak tree? A toadstool pops up overnight. An oak tree takes years to grow and develop. And the bigger it gets and the stronger it, and, and, and the, 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 the greater it becomes, the stronger it is. Friendships are like oak trees. God today has, has, has put this desire on the inside of us. So don't be impatient in your pursuit of friendship. Friendships are built over time, one day at a time. I'm getting ready to close. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Be happy with those that are happy. Weep with those who weep. Friendship is sharing the moment. Sometimes, sometimes friendship, sometimes our friends, they're going through difficulty, they're going through tragedy, they're going through a loss of a loved one. And I'll be honest with you, I've sat with my friends before that, that have been going through difficult times. And I, Helen, I didn't even know what to say to them. Friendship is sometimes just listening. It, sometimes friendship is just being there. It's being available. It's being accessible. It's just a hug. It's just holding a hand. It's celebrating their success with them. It's sharing in the moment because we're told by Paul, be happy with those that are happy and weep with those that are weak. It's sharing in the moment. It's about openness and honestness. Uh, it's about openness and honesty. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says this. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Sometimes friendship is asking the tough questions. Iron sharpening iron makes us stronger. It makes us better. You know, back in that particular time in history, tools were sharpened against one another, all right? Two iron instruments were sharpened, and the end result was this, that both tools became better and stronger and more efficient. Now, there's some folks, and they got a negative, bad attitude. And all they want to do is go around and heap condemnation on everyone else. That's not iron sharpening iron, okay? But iron sharpening iron, it's a mutual benefit. It's a positive relationship. It's about accountability. And I'll just tell you today, you can't tell your whole life story to just everybody. you got to find a trusted friend. You have to find a confidant that will help you. And you come together with them, with that trusted friend. And you share with them and you receive counsel from them. And that friend helps to rub off the hard edges in life. And you find that you're stronger and you're better and more useful in your life. Friendship is about appreciation. Friendship is about telling people that they matter to you. It's about telling people, hey, you've made a difference in my life. You're valuable to me. I have sat, I have sat at funerals. I, I went to the funeral of my, I'm going to close with this. I went to my stepmother's funeral, okay? And I got to admit, I didn't like my stepmother, okay? 
Because I saw her as the reason that my parents were divorced. And I saw her as my enemy. Okay? But we got a phone call that she was very sick and that she had cancer. And so Linda and myself and Kathy, our younger sister, we said, well, we're going to go visit her. We're going to go visit her. And so uh, we went down and, and uh, got ready to, to plan on visit. Linda told me that on church on a, at Solid Rock on a Wednesday night. It said, Mary's sick. She's got cancer. We said, well, we're going to go visit her this weekend. The next day, Linda called me on the phone. She said, hey, Mary died this morning. She went to her first chemo treatment, came home and died. Oh, no. Oh, no. And her funeral is going to be at the next Saturday or something. So we said, well, we'll go down there. And so I walked into that funeral home. They said she's just going to have a graveside service. They're having a little viewing at the funeral home. Just going to have a graveside service. And I walked into the funeral home, and the funeral director told me, he said, I understand you're a minister. I said, yes, I am. He said, do you think you could say a few words? And I said, yes, I could. I could say a few words. So I went to that graveside. I went to that graveside, and I was able to say a few things, and it was totally inadequate. I, I didn't have time to think about it. I didn't have time to pray about it. I didn't have time to prepare. I felt totally inadequate. And then after it was over, the, the actual the minister that did the funeral told me, he said, I'm glad you said what you did. He said, I never met her. I never talked to her. But I'm glad you, 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 you were able to get up and say some things. And then right after that funeral, Linda, you can probably remember, we went to her apartment. We went to her apartment, and on her nightstand was our pictures and the pictures of my kids. And I went home, and I felt like I was a quarter inch tall, and I felt like I was the least deserving person on the planet, that this lady that thought so much of me that I didn't give her any respect or didn't give her the appreciation that she deserved because she had so much love for me and my family. Listen, I've got to tell you this. Friendship, it's about appreciation. And I know that we have struggles with people, okay? I know we have difficulties with people. We get into it. There, there, there's families and they get into fights. They haven't talked to each other. They haven't talked to a brother or sister in 20 years. We've been into it with family members, and we don't even know why we're into it with family members. That is not of God. That's of the devil, because God has called us to bring us together and to bind us together. But friendship is about appreciation. It's about loyalty. It's about caring for one another. It's about taking the time while we're still in the land of the living to tell people how important they are to us and that they matter and that they've made a difference because when, you, when they pass away, there'll be no time to do that. So this is the time. This is the time. I'll tell you what, this morning, here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand today and I want you to, I want you to pray with me. There, there, I, I want you this morning in this place, if you do not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, I want you to look to him today, and I want, to, I want you to let him touch you in your life, because he can help us through all of our struggles. 
He can help us through all of our triumphs, through all of our tragedies. And I want every person in this building today to pray with us, to pray the sinner's prayer with me today. You say, well, I'm already a Christian. Well, I want you to pray it with me anyway because your neighbor might not be a Christian. And I want us to share in this prayer together. And if you did not know Christ, your personal Savior, I want you to pray this prayer today and believe in your heart and accept Jesus and make him the Lord of your life and make him your friend today. And he'll help you through your life. He'll walk with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So let's pray together this corporate prayer. Let's pray together. And if you don't know Christ your Savior, pray it and believe it in your heart and accept Jesus as your Savior today. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I realize that I'm a, sa- I'm a sinner. Just say it out loud. Heavenly Father, I realize that I'm a sinner. Today I accept Jesus as my Savior. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he was buried in a grave for three days. I believe on the third day that he rose from the grave. I believe that he is the victor over death and hell. Dear Lord, I confess my sins. Father, my life is an open book before you. Today I declare Jesus, you are my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for taking me exactly where I'm at. I know that you will be with me each day. Whether I'm going through a triumph or whether I'm going through a tragedy. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Just just praise him today. Just celebrate his name today. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our thanks.